In American society, money is a taboo topic. We're taught at a young age it's improper to talk about it, but we're also bombarded with messages about the power and importance of money in our everyday lives. And by not talking about it, we miss out on the skills and lessons we need to effectively understand and financially plan. That changes today. Welcome to Money Tales. Hosted by Sandy Brager and Cami Doder, Money Tales brings more than 35 years of combined professional experience in personal finance to demystify money and demonstrate what it's like to speak openly about personal financial matters. Join us each episode as they interview modern-day movers and shakers about how money decisions intertwine with their daily lives in order to give you better insight into productive financial conversations. Subscribe today and register for our blog, Fathom, at Asperient.com slash podcasts to increase your money mojo. And now, here's Cami and Sandy. Jeanette Brony joins us this week on Money Tales. In her 20s, Jeanette was a successful executive in the fashion industry in Denmark, with 50 people reporting up to her. She felt like she could do it all. Then at the age of 26, Jeanette's ambition caused her to leave all that and move to New York. She had a rude awakening there. Jeanette's first job in the U.S. was as an assistant, and it paid almost nothing. She felt like she was falling apart and had to start over. This forced Jeanette to search for who she was and explore what she was doing and how she was going to take care of herself. Today, Jeanette is an internationally recognized self-care mindset expert. She has spoken at the United Nations, given keynotes across the U.S., and has spoken to audiences on five continents. Jeanette is rethinking self-care in the workplace as the foundation for peak performance, engagement, and a culture where people belong and work better together. Her new book, The Self-Care Mindset, Rethinking How We Change and Grow, Harness Well-Being, and Reclaim Work-Life Quality, provides tools to harness our human advantage to grow through adversity. Here are three key money topics Jeanette hits on in this conversation. First, while we need to feel safe and make money to take care of ourselves, be cautious of falling into the trap of working too much. Second, don't let fear be a driving motivator. Our power comes from what we care about. And third, Jeanette doesn't believe that you need to banish your inner critic. Instead, listen to it and acknowledge the concerns. Also realize that you are more control than you think, and that will give you confidence. We hope you share this episode with a friend, and please subscribe to Money Tales on your favorite podcast platform. Now, on to our conversation with Jeanette Brony. Welcome to the Money Tales podcast. I'm Cami Doder. And I'm Sandy Brager. Cami, I am just back from retreat with a board that I serve on, a nonprofit board. One of the conversations that came up during a diversity, equity, and inclusion conversation was the idea of creating brave spaces for conversation. And I really like that idea. And of course, my mind went straight to money, (laughs) right? Because oftentimes when we talk about having money conversations, which can be challenging for some people, we talk about how important the space for the conversation is and making sure that you create time and space, both physical space and non-physical space, kind of where you're clearing your head and you're coming at it with an orientation that will be helpful for you to help you ease into the conversation. And oftentimes the idea of safe space comes up, but for those who are hesitant to have money conversations, my brain has been thinking, well, maybe we should start calling them brave spaces. 
instead of safe spaces. I like that. And does it mean anything different? It could. I mean, I think I think it could. Mm-hmm. With safety, there's emotional safety and physical safety, whereas brave sort of gets you into that mindset of feeling like you can be vulnerable and you can feel more confident in the word safe almost just crept out of my my <laughs> mouth. But it's just so you feel oriented toward the money conversation a little bit differently. Sandy, where does the magic happen? Outside of your comfort zone. This is the Sandyism, and I love it. It's a great phrase, and I embrace that, creating brave spaces. Folks can think about having brave and productive money conversations. Our guest today may have some thoughts on this as well. I'd like to welcome Jeanette Bruni to the Money Tales podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to a brave conversation together. Fantastic. Jeanette, would you introduce yourself and provide a couple pivotal moments that have taken place in your life that really impacted who you are today? Sort of quick little intro here. I was born. <laughs> you know, I think that that's a pivotal moment, right? It is a pivotal moment. But actually what happened was that, that I almost died at birth. And so there is something that has always been there with me now that you're talking about brave and safe spaces. I think there's always been a little bit of that sense of feeling safe in the world that has always stuck with me. I wasn't going to start with that, but hey, because you started out with the brave conversations, I thought, hey, why not? And I think throughout my life, I've almost drowned at five. I almost died in a car crash at seven. There's been a little bit of like a test on life. Those moments have probably created this very survivor mentality in my being in many ways. Deciding to leave and go to New York at 26, I was born in Denmark. So I grew up in a well-being society that is actually about feeling safe. And I felt very brave when I was in Denmark because I felt like I had that safety net under me. And I also had my parents who would sort of say, hey, try, try it. Or at least my dad did. My mother was more like, why do you always have to do these crazy things? (laughs) And so when I left for New York at 26, I had a rude awakening. And that was probably the first really pivotal moment in my life. I think it triggered all of these early childhood survival, I don't know, feelings that I probably had in my system. And I started really looking for who am I? Like, what's the purpose of life? Like, what am I doing? And so on and so forth. Because I had been very successful early on in the fashion industry in Denmark. I felt like I could do it all. And then here I came to New York and it all fell apart. And I had to start over. I was paid almost nothing in a job as somebody's assistant. And I had left a job where I was an executive at an early age in Denmark and running a retail organization with 50 people working under me. It was a real shift and change. And it was a real questioning of what am I doing and how am I taking care of myself? Because I also ended up with no money, having sold everything. So I had nothing to go back to having increased debt in that situation, not wanting to tell my parents because I was too proud. So there was a lot there. So that was a really pivotal moment, I think, that created a lot of shift and change in me. And one of the things it did was it set me out on a path to study mindfulness and Buddhism and because I wanted to understand how do we think? How does the mind work? So that was a really pivotal moment. And the other one 
was when my parents both ended up with cancer at the same time. I'm sure there's more pivotal moments in between, but those are the two that really shifted and changed my life and rocked my world from the place of being brave and safe. Because all of a sudden, I also didn't have, within a year apart, my parents died. They not only had cancer at the same time, in treatment at the same time, in two different countries, but I also ended up sitting there with my parents and one of them died without any warning, my mom. And then I had to tell my dad that she had passed while he was on an airplane. Probably the most difficult day of my life. Oh, geez. And then knowing that he was also then dying shortly after we were told that there was nothing more they could do for him. And so that also really rocked my world. And so at the time I was in the fashion business, I decided to leave my job as a burned out fashion executive and started studying health and well-being because I believe that it was important that we learned how to be busy and healthy and successful all at the same time. Started studying that, used all kinds of different tools and modalities, Coach was coaching people. And I realized that the mindset that we have about our worth and our value is pushing us to work far too much to earn and gain feeling that we matter, all of that. That, that is so essential for our well-being, but also to feel safe and make money and be able to take care of ourselves. Because I think my experience from leaving Denmark and coming to the US was nobody has your back. You're on your own. That was my experience. In Denmark, you felt more some protected. There's a well-being system where you're not going to end up on the street. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, there's a part of me that has this sort of like in my DNA or whatever you call it, maybe not my DNA, in my, in my system, there is this survival at risk of an accident and something can happen. And it just felt like, for sorry for sounding morbid here, but it sounded like death was like hanging out with me. Wow. Yeah. All along the way. And at the same time, I felt really proud as a kid because I survived this and I survived that. So there was also this making me feel really resilient and strong. So I don't think I saw it as a as a threat when I was a kid. I saw it as a, ah, look at me. I survived, you know? A strength builder. But as an adult, I think I started, so there goes the brave, right? But as an adult, I started thinking more like, who has my back? How am I feeling safe? How am I going to take care of myself? I can end up in a cardboard box. Nobody is here to take care of me if, and so on and so forth. So the two of the brave and safe has always been the two dualities of my life. So it's very interesting that you picked that up because we did not have this conversation before <laughs> we started out today. So I find that really interesting that that is how you started. Jeanette, that was a great introduction. You're a survivor. You grew up in a well-being society and you felt invincible. Yeah. I'm curious how you related with money as a young person. Did did you have those same feelings? Were you brave? Were you safe? Well, my dad sat me down when I was nine years old. I'm an only child. And so as an only child, he didn't want to have a spoiled brat. And so he said, I'm going to teach you about money. And he sat me down, nine years old, and said, I'm going to teach you how to make a budget so that you know how much money you need every month. And you can't come and ask for anything. You have to save for yourself so that you know what you're saving up for. So he sat me down. He says, okay, how much candy do you need a week? I love it. What are you going to spend your money on when you need a pair of pants? How much does pants cost when you need a t-shirt? How many t-shirts do you need a year? How many pair of pants? So I had to think of those things. 
as a nine-year-old, but not just that. So he gave me what I asked for. And I had to show him every month that I kept track of my spendings. So I learned double bookkeeping at nine. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So yes, he wanted me to know not only where money comes from, so that I didn't just think that it just comes from wherever. He wanted me to be mindful of how I spend it and be responsible. Jeanette, what was going on for you internally when your dad was taking you through all of that as a nine-year-old? Well, I thought it was exciting because I felt very independent and I felt that there was some sense of trust, but it also pissed me off, excuse me, from my language. I got very upset because sometimes I was like, I want that. And he was like, well, did you save money for it yet? He stayed firm. He stayed firm on that. And if I needed money when I was a young person and I needed to get into my first apartment, he wrote out a loan for me that I had to pay back with interest because I had to learn how money works. He was very, very on point about that. And I appreciate that because it made me feel, it made me feel like I could take care of myself. So you had these strong feelings of independence as you're heading into adulthood and you're working in the fashion industry in Denmark. How did that change your orientation around money? Well, when you work in the fashion industry and you see the markups (laughs) (laughs) and you see how much people actually make, the people who make the clothes versus the people who design it and own the companies, it makes you a little bit don't want to spend money on certain things because you feel like you're not actually getting your value. One of the things that I have learned from that is to really look at the value that I get for the money I spent. And I'm very sometimes too picky about that. It's like, if it's not good quality, I won't spend money on it. If it won't last me a long time, I won't spend money on it. And so there is that. And I also think I learned that from my parents. My dad was very much spending money from time to time on really good stuff and keeping it forever. Jeanette. You have this very successful career at a young age. Yes. In Denmark. Why were you so interested in coming to New York and starting afresh? Partly because of my ambition. Denmark is very much of this, was very much of this mindset of don't think you're anything better than anybody else, which is part of our social system to we take care of everyone and everyone has to be taken care of in some sense or form or be part of it. It's it's a very much of a social well-being, looking out for each other. So I appreciate that. And then at the same time, there was a tendency to look down on people with ambition. I don't think that's still the case, but I haven't been home for so many years, so I wouldn't know the details of that at this point. As a very young person with a lot of ambition, I really wanted to go out and see the world and I always wanted to travel a lot and so on and so forth. Plus, I had met someone who lived in, who was American, wanted to go back to America. And so we decided to go back to New York. And that's where it started. That's where it started and where it started falling apart too. He met someone else within nine months. So after I spent all my money moving us, not being able to get a new job at any kind of level of pay that I was used to or level of responsibility that I was used to, I really felt that it had all fallen apart. Abandoned. My goodness. Tell us more about that from a money perspective, because that's that's sounding stressful, especially as someone who is independent, prideful of her money decisions and what she could do for herself, and a survivor who who can defy death many times by that point. I think part of that was also my dad was very much of an entrepreneurial mindset. And he always said the best investment is in yourself. 
And so, again, I had this mindset that money is something you create, money is something you make. And yes, you can also lose it. So I think I had both the mindset that I'm going to get back on top. I'm going to get back at it. My dad had invested in a business and lost everything and started over. So I knew this mindset of let's just get back on the horse kind of thing. Like I knew that this was what I needed to do. But I also had some emotional healing to take care of. And it took me some time to work myself back, pay off my debt and so on and so forth. I don't know exactly if I was scared about money because at this time I still had the, I can go back home to my parents option. It wasn't until after they died that I always felt very alone and that nobody would have my back if something happened. Jeanette, when did your parents die? My parents, my mother died in 2000 and my dad in 2001. How old were you? And I moved to the US in 1989. Okay, so... Yeah. So that was a fair amount of years where I was a lot more brave about things I did. And I had this, well, if all else fails, I can go back home and Mm -hmm. they will have my back. I had that felt like my safety net. Once they died, I lost a lot of that braveness and that courage. And I started getting a lot more scared around money, a lot more scared around survival and a lot more concerned about my future altogether. Were you talking to anyone about that at the time? You know, therapy, healing, that kind of stuff, knowing that I had some survival mode type of things that I needed to heal. I knew, I understood that this idea that I had almost died as a young child several times was affecting me. And right before my parents got sick, I also had a diving access, scuba diving accident in the Galapagos where I felt like I had this moment where I had a choice if I was going to fight to live or if I was just going to take a breath and that would be gone. And in that moment, I was like, I can't do that to my parents. And then I basically fought for it. And I realized in that moment that fear is not a driving motivator. That is not where our power comes from. Our power comes from care. Our power comes from what we care about. I think that has informed a lot of the ways I work around money at this stage. Now, after coaching for about 15 years, I stepped into being a keynote speaker. I think of myself as a culture strategist in the sense that I help people and leaders create healthier cultures. And I'm also an author of the book called The Self-Care Mindset. I really appreciate you sharing this feeling of not having the safety net anymore. And that that must have just been really a scary time. Would you describe how you felt as you came through it? And were there any tools you used to get more that confidence back? Because when I look at you now and I see all that you've done, the confidence is back. You're out to conquer the world. How did you work through this? I think it's a continuous effort. And I think I still need to remind myself on certain days that I can figure this out. If all else fails, I'll still figure it out. I still have to remind myself on certain days that if I'm not going to be as successful as I hope to be being a keynote speaker and an author at this stage in my life, I turned 60 this year, I don't have much time left to secure my old age, so to speak. So I do think that I'm not just confident now. I think it's looking at it when the fear shows up and then working with that fear and saying, okay, I see you. I get that you're scared right now. 
I know that you are concerned that you're not going to be taking care of yourself when you're older. What do you need right now so that you can feel more confident? And then I go through, okay, I need to make sure that I save more money. I need to make sure I look into other ways of securing myself in different ways. I need to, whatever I need to do right now to feel more confident about my safety around money. I don't think that's going to be, oh, now I'm confident. Now it works out. I think this is, I'll wake up in the morning and be like scared. And then I have to work with that and be like, okay, what can you do today to feel more confident and safe? What can you do today to be more brave? That is a, I think it's a continuous conversation. I don't think confidence is a place we land on. I think it's a reminder to ourselves of what we're capable of. I don't think we just end up confident and now we got it. Jeanette, I really like what you're saying. And I just want to contrast it to something that you said earlier, which was when folks have a mindset around worth and value being the drivers, then there's that constant focus on money and attaining money, that goal post just keeps moving out. And it sounds like the big shift for you is really now to focus on what you most care about and determine on a daily basis, it sounds like, how money fits in. Yeah. As you look back on your life, tell us more about how that shifted the decisions you've been making about money. Well, leaving the fashion industry and starting over was certainly a decision that money isn't the driving force in my life. Happiness is and being of services. So that was number one. I took a, let's just say, a very big pay cut to go back to school. And when I left my practice and said, I want to change the way we work, I want to become a keynote speaker, that was yet again a huge investment. I remember going up to the teachers or the, the coaches that were that I was considering signing up for a professional program to, to learn how to be a professional speaker. I remember walking up there and it was so much money and I started crying. I said, I'm really scared. I don't know if I can do this, but I really want to do this. This is what I believe I need to do next. And when I got that credit card bill, I was just like, oh my God. And so there was this constant, I just need to make money to pay for this. And then Again, coming back home, continuously coming back home. And I think that's what we also need to do at work every single day, saying, what do I really care about? What is this for? What is the impact I'm hoping to make in the world? And then trust that if that is our driving force, we will figure out how to sustain ourselves economically. I've many times looked at people that I'm looking at them, I'm going, I could probably have been in that position. I could probably have been really high up in the ranks at a company. I could probably have been that. I look at other people that are younger than me and making more money as a keynote speaker than me. And I just remind myself, listen, I keep wanting to be able to look myself in the mirror every day and saying, I'm driven by what I care about, not what I fear. And what I fear is I can't survive and make enough money to take care of myself. That would be the fear, and that would make me make choices that would not be healthy for me, versus what I care about is that I can take care of myself, that I make impact in the world, that I am of service, and then I need to learn to trust that I'll figure it out. Because I can't trust the future. The future has not shown up for me so far, right? But I can trust that I'll figure it out when I get there. 
Jeanette, what's going through my mind is the budgeting. Mm. The budgeting course your dad taught you at age nine. Because what I hear from you now is that you're measuring success, not by the dollars, not by the dollars in the budget, but instead by these value-driven ideas. And so I'm wondering, have you created a wellness budget for yourself? Hmm. Maybe I need to do that a a little bit better. I have it in the back of my mind, I think. I have this still, I have still this idea in the back of my mind. How much money can I spend every month on going out for dinner? How much money can I spend every month on something for myself? How much money can I spend every month for clothing? Like I still have that in the back of my mind. And so I kind of know where it scoots in. So that's one thing. But my dad also always told me that either you live according to how much money you make or you figure out how to make enough money to live the way you want to live. So I'm sort of in between those and saying, okay, what am I willing to do for making enough money to live the way I want to live? And what am I not willing to do? One of the things I'm not willing to do is sacrifice my health anymore. I burned out twice. I'm not willing to do that. I have made sacrifices to not be as stressed and working the same amount of hours that I would be working to make more money. And I'm trying instead to look at it and saying, well, how do I make money in a way that's sustainable, gives me enough money to be happy and being able to take care of myself and pay for myself? And how do I secure myself in the way that I can feel more safe about? And I'm still in that process. I'm still working on that. But one of the things I've done is that I don't have any debt. I own my house. I own my apartment. I keep my monthly expenses extremely low. Because that is how I can respond and adapt to whatever's going on. If I don't make a lot of money one month, I can be more frugal. If I make more money one month, I can decide if I want to spend more money. That is how I stay more aware, adaptable, and agile in the face of money is by making sure that I have very low monthly expenses Mm -hmm. that I feel like no matter what, I know how to cover that. Jeanette, this has all been such a great conversation. Writing your book the self-care mindset. It feels to me that a lot of what you're talking about with yourself is probably what you've written about in your book. I'm curious, as you were writing your book, how did you think about and how do you coach your clients around having a self-care mindset with regards to money? I don't have a lot of money conversation in the book, just to be clear about that, but I have fear conversations in the book. And I talk about how we are fear-driven and we're living in a very fear-driven, what I call FUD-driven, fear, uncertainty, and doubt-driven society. And it's being used against us all the time. It's being used against us that you're going to lose this. You're going to not have enough for that. You're going to not be on the level you need to be at. You're not going to be included because you don't have the right car or whatever it is. Like It's constantly being used against us. And I think we have to be super aware to what I call power pausing, to pause for that moment, to create that time and space for that emotional and mental resilience to be met with care, not just do it, do it, do it, push harder, do like, you know, just go through it and ignore your feelings. I think we can use our emotions and our feelings as information to help us understand how do we tackle a situation? How do we secure ourselves? How do we invest in ourselves in a way that is mindful and not not being careful about it? 
And so I don't believe in this idea that we have to banish our inner critic. I think we have to listen to it and say, hey, listen, I understand that you have these fears, that that you have these concerns, but let me use that to make sure that I feel more in control, that I feel more in confidence and so on and so forth. So I am very much of a listening inside and use that to move us forward. And that's a lot what the book is about, is how do we use everything that happens around us, not just how do we get stronger to ignore it and keep going, but how do we actually become more aware so that we are facing all of these fears and the thought, the fear, uncertainty, and doubt, and use that to make ourselves more courageous, brave, confident, whatever it is that we need so that we can keep going without falling apart and without ignoring things that we kind of know we need to pay attention to. And I think one of those things is a lot of times money. I think we often ignore our fear around money. Right, suppress it almost. In the wrong way and suppress Mm -hmm. it instead of talking about it. Or we are being driven so much by it without realizing how much we're being driven by it. Because I think that the fear around money is inherent in us because it's tied to our survival. I agree with that, Jeanette. And I want to highlight the way you phrased a statement a little while ago. You said, it's important to invest in ourselves. And I really, really like that, especially when it comes to self-care. And I'm wondering, how do you define self-care? Because when I hear people say self-care, it does seem to come with a price tag inherently in my mind. (laughs) Oh my God, self-care has become for the privileged that have time and money to spend on something after work, either as a treat or to recover. And I think that's what we need to do, right? We need to demystify self-care and realize that self-care is a mindset we have with us all the time. And it's a mindset that says, I have your back. I have your best interest. I need to know how you think and feel and let me help you myself be there to navigate what's happening and constantly have that pause and say, how am I feeling right now? What do I need so that I can meet that? What do I need so that I can do that? What do I need? And that might be very simple things like, oh, I'm just dehydrated and I didn't drink enough water and I'm feeling groggy and irritable and I just need water. It could be that simple. It could be I need to get up and go for a walk because I haven't been outside all day. But it could also be more of those things like saying, okay, what do I need to pay attention to? Who do I need to talk to about this? What are some of the ways that I need support? What are some of the ways I can ask for help? That's also self-care is to be very, like, I don't have to go it alone. I can ask for support and help. And I think especially around money, we can go it alone. I think that's one of the places that we need advisors. We need people that know how to do this stuff. Let's just be real about it. We don't have to figure all this out alone. We can ask for help. That's right. What you're highlighting is the importance of understanding the role of money in each of our own lives and making that decision for ourselves as opposed to letting society or people around us influence those decisions. Very much so as well. It's not a level or a status that we have to meet. It is a daily, how do you want to live your life and what do you need so you can live your life in that way? That's right. Jeanette, What's your next money conversation going to be and who's it going to be with? It is probably going to be with my advisor around looking at what else do I need to do to secure myself for whatever retirement looks like in a couple of years, as much as I don't expect to stop working anytime soon. 
because I'm so excited about what I do for a living <laughs> and I feel like I just got started. But what does that look like? So I kind of take every 10 years, I take a, a deep look at how I want to spend the next 10 years. And so having just turned 60, cut that down to five years and say, how do I want to spend the next five years? And then how do I want to spend the next five after that? And then I look at, okay, what do I need so I can do that? How do I pace myself work-wise, money-wise, investment-wise? How do I live? Where do I want to live? What are some of the things I need to start to take into consideration? And I think I need to have that next planning, the next stage conversation with my financial planner so that I can see, okay, how do I actually make that happen rather than just hoping to make enough money to be okay later? Jeanette, sounds like a great conversation and it's fantastic that you (laughs) embrace, as you say, you encourage the idea that we don't have to do this ourselves. So you have a a financial planner to work with. It's phenomenal. Thanks for sharing about the self-care being a mindset. I thought that was so powerful. How would our listeners find you and find your book? My book is essentially sold everywhere, but let's face it, it's probably not everywhere. You can go to Barnes & Noble, you can go to Amazon, you can order it online. It is available everywhere, but you may have to wait for it to order it. So Amazon, it's right there for you. My name is Jeanette Brunet, and you can pretty much find me anywhere in the world under that name. I don't think anyone else has that name. It's not Danish, if anybody's wondering. It is French. My ancestors were French. So even though I'm born in Denmark, and completely Danish. My name is French, hence the Jeanette Pony pronunciation. Mm-hmm. You can find me at JeanettePony.com. And you can find me on LinkedIn under that name. You can find me on Twitter at that name. You can find me anywhere on that name. Excellent. Jeanette, what a wonderful conversation. Thank you again for sharing so much of yourself with us on Money Tales. Thank you for the brave questions. Thanks for listening to the Money Tales podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, share it with someone you think would benefit from listening and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting platform. Your ratings and reviews help more people find our podcast. If you're inspired to gain clarity and peace of mind about financial matters, don't hesitate to reach out to our team at Asperient. Go to asperient.com forward slash start a dialogue. Or you can email Sandy and me at podcasts at See you next time.